Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hello, recovery warriors. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, we continue on our trajectory discussing the traditions. Don't panic. I know they sound boring, but they're really not. And I have made little intros to each tradition of me doing a horrible version of a country song jingle for each tradition. So the one for tradition five is this. Tradition five, tradition five, keep it alive, tradition five. You're welcome. Okay, so in most meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, you not only hear the 12 steps and the 12 promises, but you hear the 12 traditions. So... Tradition five, and there is a long form of the traditions that we don't read in the meeting, which I will read now for tradition five. So followed by the tradition you hear in the meeting. This sounds very confusing. I am so sorry. (laughs) Okay. Tradition five, long form. Each Alcoholics Anonymous group ought to be a spiritual entity having but one primary purpose that of carrying its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And I'm reading from my beloved 12 and 12, which is a book that is the sister book to the AA textbook, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So in the 12 and 12, I'm going to turn to Tradition 5, read it, and inject commentary during and after. Tradition 5, as I'm sorry for all the uh, noise, by the way, if you don't already know this, I record in my closet, so there's not a lot of room here, and I keep hitting the microphone and my desk, also known as my file folder. Tradition 5, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Shoemaker, stick to thy last, better do one thing supremely, well than many badly. That is the central theme of this tradition. Around it, our society gathers in unity. The very life of our fellowship requires the preservation of this principle. Alcoholics Anonymous can be likened to a group of physicians who might find a cure for cancer, and upon whose concerted work would depend the answer for sufferers of this disease. True, each physician in such a group might have his own specialty, Every doctor concerned would at times wish he could devote himself to his chosen field rather than work only with the group. But once these women and men had hit upon a cure, once it became apparent that only by their united effort could this be accomplished, then all of them would feel bound to devote themselves solely to the relief of cancer. In the radiance of such a miraculous discovery, any doctor would set his or her other ambitions aside at whatever personal cost. Just as firmly bound by obligation are the members of Alcoholics Anonymous, who have demonstrated that they can help problem drinkers as others seldom can. The unique ability of each AA to identify himself with and bring recovery to the newcomer in no way depends upon his learning, eloquence, or on any special individual skills. The only thing that matters is that he is an alcoholic who has found a key to sobriety. These legacies of suffering 
and of recovery are easily passed among alcoholics, one to the other. This is our gift from God, and its bestowal upon others like us is the one aim that today animates AAs all around the globe. There is another reason for the singleness of purpose. It is the great paradox of AA, that we know we can seldom keep the precious gift of sobriety unless we give it away. Oh, it gives me chills. I love that. That's where you, where that line comes from. You can't keep it unless you give it away. If a group of doctors possessed a cancer cure, they might be conscience-stricken if they failed their mission through self-seeking. Yet such a failure wouldn't jeopardize their personal survival. For us, if we neglect those who are still sick, there is unremitting danger to our own lives and sanity. Under these compulsions of self-preservation, duty, and love, it is not strange that our society has concluded that it has but one high mission, to carry the AA message to those who don't know there's a way out. Highlighting the wisdom of AA single purpose, a member retells this story. Restless one day, I felt I'd better do some 12-step work. Maybe I should take out some insurance against a slip. But first, I'd have to find a drunk to work on. So I hopped the subway to Towns Hospital, where I asked Dr. Silkworth, who is the doctor that wrote the doctor's opinion in our big book, if he had a prospect. Nothing too promising, the little doc said. There's just one chap on the third floor who might be a possibility, but he's an awfully tough Irishman. By the way, hi, Ireland! I heard from some Irish listeners the other day. I adore you. I never saw a man so obstinate. He shouts that if his partner would treat him better and his wife would leave him alone, he'd soon solve his alcohol problem. He's had a bad case of DTs. DTs are delirium tremens. It's when we get the shakes. He's pretty foggy and he's suspicious of everybody. Doesn't sound too good, does it? But working with him may do something for you. So why don't you go have a why don't you have a go at it? I was soon sitting beside a big hulk of a man. Decidedly unfriendly, he stared at me out of eyes which were slits in his red and swollen face. I had to agree with the doctor. He certainly didn't look good, but I told him my own story. I explained what a wonderful fellowship we had, how well we understood each other. I bore down hard on the hopelessness of the drunk's dilemma. I insisted that few drunks could ever get well on their own steam, but that in our groups we could do together what we could not do separately. He interrupted to scoff at this and asserted he'd fix his wife, his partner, and his alcoholism by himself. Sarcastically, he asked, how much does your scheme cost? I wish I could say that in an Irish accent. Man, is an Irish accent sexy. Can I try it? Should I? (laughs) It won't come out well. How much does your scheme cost? Oh, I think that's Scottish. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, silly little Canadian girl. I was thankful I could tell him nothing at all. His next question, what are you getting out of it? Of course, my answer was my own sobriety and a mighty happy life. Still dubious, he demanded. Do you really mean the only reason you are here is to try and help me and to help yourself? Is that Irish? I don't know. I'll just pretend it is. I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. You'll be fine. 
Yes, I said, that's absolutely all there is to it. There's no angle. Then hesitantly, I ventured to talk about the spiritual side of our program. What a freeze that drunk gave me. I'd no sooner got the word spiritual out of my mouth than he pounced. Oh, he said, now I get it. You're proselytizing for some damn religious sect or other. Where do you get that no angle stuff? I belong to a great church that means everything to me. You've got a nerve to come in here talking religion. Thank heaven I came up with the right answer for that one. It was based foursquare on the single purpose of AA. You have faith, I said, perhaps far deeper faith than mine. No doubt you're better taught in religious matters than I. So I can't tell you anything about religion. I don't even want to try. I'll bet, too, that you could give me a letter-perfect definition of humility. But from what you've told me about yourself and your problems and how you propose to lick them, I think I know what's wrong. Okay, he said, give me the business. Well, said I, I think you're just a conceited Irishman who thinks he can run the whole show. This really rocked him, but as he calmed down, he began to listen while I tried to show him that humility was the main key to sobriety. Finally, he saw that I wasn't attempting to change his religious views, that I wanted him to find the grace in his own religion that would aid his recovery. From there on, we got along fine. Now, concludes the old-timer, suppose I'd been obliged to talk to this man on religious grounds. Suppose my answer had to be that AA needed a lot of money, that AA went in for education, hospitals, and rehabilitation. Suppose I'd suggested that I'd take a hand in his domestic and business affairs. What would we have wound up? Where would we have wound up? No place, of course. Years later, this tough Irish customer liked to say, My sponsor sold me one idea, and that was sobriety. At the time, I couldn't have bought anything else. (laughs) That's tradition five. Uh, Well, let's read the recap of the title again. Tradition five, tradition five, keep it alive. Tradition five. Each group has but one primary purpose. Yes, to carry its message to the alcoholic that still suffers. I love our singleness of purpose, to carry the message to alcoholics who still suffer. I love how that is devoid or should be devoid of any other motivation. Just that, listen, I got it. I've been freed from the ravages of my addiction. I have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. And you, person who hasn't gotten it yet, I can promise you that it works. And I will carry the message and I will tell you exactly how I did did it. Carrying the message is saying, here's the 12 steps. This is what will help you recover. This is what how you can recover. So I hope that's been helpful. I hope that this podcast, if nothing else, fulfills tradition five. I hope I carry the message. And you know what? If I don't, there are so many other people, podcasts, meetings that will. So that's why we keep saying keep coming back because one day you're going to hear your story and one day you're going to identify. It will happen. I promise you. 
Well, I've had a wonderful 12 minutes with y'all. If you would like to email me to tell me how terrible my accent was, or if any Irish person would like to email me because I love you and I am thrilled to hear from you, please do email me. It's also where you can reach Lisa if you like. The email is twosoberchicks at gmail.com, the number two. And then Twitter and Instagram at twosoberchicks. I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow.